conversations from the front lines of marketing. This is B2B Growth. Welcome back to the Media Brands series here on B2B Growth, where we're learning out loud from the smartest media practitioners to figure out how we can build every leader's favorite corner of the internet. We are talking about the connective tissue between a media brand and the actual business results that you can drive for a company when you have a a media brand. So if this is the first time you're listening, welcome to episode five of this series. Go back and listen to the four other incredible episodes that we've done. This is a series that Dan and myself, James, are doing with Tyler Lassard. He is the chief feeder at SalesFeed, the media brand for Vidyard. And today we're going to get real nerdy. So you're going to hear a lot of, of Dan, our resident nerd here on B2B Growth, digging in with Tyler on all of the nerdy details in the pre-interview. I was just like, wow. This is going to be fun. Dan's natural curiosity for this stuff and Tyler's practical having done this for now a year, uh, I think is going to make a phenomenal conversation here. But we've covered a lot, kind of why content marketing is broken. What are the new roles to building a media brand? How do those roles play with one another? Today, though, is a, a topic we talk about a lot. How do you actually, okay, it's fun, cute. You're building this media brand. You're building this audience. How does it actually make a business impact? What's the connective tissue? We're going to dive into that. So Dan, I'll, I'll let you take it from here, my man. Man, this is the episode I've been waiting for because, you know, sometimes you have a hypothesis and you have like a big like dream as a marketer. You're like, man, what if we went and we did this stuff and then this happened? What would that be like? You're like hanging out with your other marketing nerd friends and you're like, man, yeah, that would be so cool. What if we could do that? And sometimes you get to do them. My last company I worked for, we actually did build a media brand and it was a blog. It was SEO focus, but man, we got that thing up to a half million page views a month. It was freaking huge. And then I left before we could actually like finally get to the point where we could take all that energy and actually turn it into leads and money. (laughs) And then whoever inherited it next kind of fumbled it. Now it's just kind of languishing down there. So it was a dream I had of like, oh, like we could build this thing and get all this attention in a broader market and then siphon off like all this attention to earn a truckload of money, but I never got that far. So I only got halfway to accomplishing the dream, but here here we are with Tyler, who's actually like actually seen the results, not just built the audience, but is now starting to monetize it in a way. And I'm so I'm happy to jump on here with you, Tyler, because I want to, I want to see what it's like, you know, I want to taste, taste the the glory (laughs) because I still want to do it. I still want to get back in the game. (laughs) So when, when we were talking about this, Tyler, you mentioned that there are four tiers of exposure from sales feed to Vidyard. And so the most passive where you're, you know, you're talking about video selling occasionally in the sales feed channel, then you've got kind of the the next in line, which is direct conversions to content assets on Vidyard's site. The next one is conversion to bottom of funnel assets like your weekly newsletter for Vidyard. So siphoning that audience from sales feed over into the weekly Vidyard's weekly newsletter. And then the most direct, which is different places in, in bios and newsletters where you directly mention Vidyard and ask people to check out Vidyard. So kind of those four tiers. So just want to set kind of the, at a high level, that's kind of the framework that, that you all use to start to at least measure the connective tissue. So with that being said, do you want to elaborate on, on kind of how you guys came up with that structure first? And then Dan, you can, you can kind of dig in from there. 
Yeah, I mean, this is so, so important, this this conversation, because, you know, to your earlier point, it's great if we can build an audience. It's great if we can get all this engagement because we're creating content that they love. But if at the end of the day, it doesn't further the business, then, you know, this, this, this just isn't going to last and the board is going to look for changes. So we thought very carefully, um, we, we made some hypotheses to your point earlier, Dan, in the, in the early days around, you know, where could this go and how is it that we could really leverage a audience of salespeople and use it to, I guess, achieve some of our standard marketing goals, right? First and foremost, to create awareness and interest in what it is that we do, i.e. video messaging for salespeople. It's to create um, engagement opportunities for them to engage with a brand, to deep learn on different topics, and ultimately show signals that they may be interested as a qualified lead. And finally, to create a funnel of people that we're able to, again, create demand with, exposed to our product capabilities, and ultimately get them to sign up. And it's no different from the core strategies of our marketing program that we sort of embraced and said, well, we can do these same things over here with our sales feed media brand. So to talk about that most passive, the top level, that's kind of where we started. And we said, look, if we've got this audience of folks who are following us and engaging with us because of what we're doing as a media company. We're talking about sales, giving them what they're looking for. We believe that selling with video is important for all these people to understand. It's not just because we want to promote Vidyard. We fundamentally believe this is a critical part of the future of sales. And so we believe it's our obligation periodically to have content that talks about that, that educates this audience on how you can use video successfully, offers tips, ideas, and of course, lets them know that there are tools like Vidyard that you can use to do this today. And so that's about building the audience and then periodically exposing them to content to really normalize what it is that we do in their day-to-day lives. And this is a really interesting strategy to do it because, again, we're not just finding people who are searching for, you know, video in sales. We're finding people who are in our ICP, they're salespeople, and then we're passively exposing them to those ideas. So that's a really important starting point. And we track that and we say, on a monthly or quarterly basis, what pieces of content are we putting out that will normalize this in their lives, expose them to these ideas, and then are we getting engagement in those and educating that audience? So that's a a really important starting point. I like it. How many many of those are you making a month? It varies. I think there's, on a quarterly basis, we look to do what I would say is like one or two you know, main pieces, like longer form, meatier pieces of content related to that. And that's specifically about selling with video. And we'll also do on a quarterly basis, call them somewhere between five to 10 short form videos for TikTok or other channels. But the really important thing that we've done is we don't just talk about that in that content that's just about video, for example, right? So we think about it in the way of, we have, I'll give you a great example. One of our hero premise-based series is called Sales Stuff Explained. And it's a five-part mini-series that we created. We just launched our last um, episode of it. And each Sales Stuff Explained episode talks about a different part of the sales process. So there's an explained on prospecting, an explained on discovery, an explained on demos, and an explained on proposals and negotiation. And these go deep on those topics with really rich experts really produced nicely. Every one of those talks about using video as a subcomponent of it, right? So if you go in there and you watch our prospecting video, which I think has over 15,000 views now, features people like Jeff Blunt and other heavy hitters from our community, 
once you're about six, seven minutes through, these people, not us, these people start talking about using video for prospecting. And so there's all these sort of small integrated points where, you know, we try our best to make sure they're part of those other narratives. And again, it normalizes it as part of those other conversations. And it's a really easy thing to do if you're thoughtful about that approach and, um, you know, are, are really sort of disciplined in making sure you're raising those ideas. Okay. So you're sowing the seeds, you're kind of cultivating, or maybe if you're going to the farming metaphor, you know, you're kind of cultivating the soil, you're breaking up, you're tilling some ground, but you're not necessarily sowing seeds yet. So tell me about the second most passive. So the second most passive, or what I like to call a little bit more active, is the direct um, conversions to, the way we think about it is conversions to Vidyard calls to action. And this is where we think about what are some really valuable calls to action for the sales community that we could really rally around and we could use to drive them to our website where there's great assets or guides or other information on these topics. And so again, it's a little bit of a different thinking from a traditional content strategy. From our traditional content strategy, we start with what are the CTAs we want to build? And we say, you know what, we want to do a guide on video selling. We want to do this, and then we'll try to bring people into it. This is a bit of the inverse. We said, what has our community really been leaning into? Well, every time we post a video on cold calling, it goes crazy and it gets tons of views. Obviously a really important topic for our community. So guess what? We created an amazing cold calling guide, right? That's sort of in the sales feed uh, vibe. It's um, sort of co-authored by SalesFeed and Vidyard, and it's this like ultimate guide to cold calling. Now it pulls in a bunch of the, you know, we already made a bunch of videos on this topic. So the script or the, the outline was really easy to write. We took basically the narrative from these videos, we turned them into this really great guide. Now that guide lives on vidyard.com, not on SalesFeed. And so that becomes a conversion point. So whenever we're talking about cold calling, we encourage people, check out our great new guide to cold calling. When they click on that, it takes them over to vidyard.com into our resource center where they'll find that guide. But guess what's sitting right beside it in that same resource center? Well, there's a guide to selling with video and there's the link to sign up for Vidyard today. And by the way, if they read that cold calling guide, somewhere towards the end, it will probably have a tip about, hey, if you're cold calling, you're probably also doing other forms of prospecting. Have you tried video yet? If not, Vidyard's a great way to do it. And so it creates these great, again, awareness and conversion opportunities, even if those assets aren't just about what Vidyard does. And we now have about a dozen to 15 different sort of primary calls to action that are a mix of heavy hitting blog posts on our Vidyard website, PDF guides. And then we also have on a quarterly basis, different campaigns that we're sharing with our audience, like our virtual events and others. So those become these really important connective tissue to take our audience from pure sales feed to related CTAs on Vidyard, where they can now get sort of passively exposed to our brand and start to even do self-discovery on who we are and what we do. Yep. I mean, the way you've structured this is like sales feed is top of the funnel. It's not even, it's somewhat brand awareness for Vidyard, but it's essentially building an audience at the top of the funnel so that you can later kind of edge them in from sales feed to this Vidyard top slash middle funnel. And it seems like your next step, your third step, is I'd almost consider still a bottom middle funnel kind of step. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so that next one, which is often the main call to action for a lot of our social channels, is um, driving them to our sales feed newsletter. 
And our sales feed newsletter is an important part of our media brand, right? So as we've talked about, we have- Okay, so it's not, I had said earlier, it was the Vidyard newsletter, but it's actually the sales feed newsletter that you're driving that's right. to. Okay. That's right. So the sales feed newsletter is where we get that sort of next level of commitment from our audience. So they're on our, discovering us on YouTube, on LinkedIn, on TikTok, they're binging on our content. All of those channels, they will expose some of those other CTAs, but the main action that we push on those channels is- Sign up for the weekly sales feed newsletter to get the best of sales feed every week in your inbox. And why that's so important is that it is such a natural call to action from all of those channels that people are, they'd almost be silly not to take us up on, right? If you're enjoying our YouTube vids, if you're enjoying our TikToks, why wouldn't you sign up for a free newsletter that brings the best of it to your inbox once a week? So that newsletter is now a curation of our top weekly content. It's a little bit of um, additional uh, original content as part of a cold open, as we refer to it. But then it now gives us a place to do these other types of more bottom of funnel promotions. So within the newsletter, the sales feed newsletter, now you'll see the little quote unquote advertisement from Vidyard, right? So at the bottom of the newsletter every week, there's you know not yet selling with video, check out Vidyard, it's free. Here's a promo code to get started on our pro product. So that becomes the place where now that they're in our weekly newsletter, we feel a little bit more comfortable doing that full bottom of funnel push and sending them to do things like sign up. It also becomes a place where we can expose them to these other calls to action. We can promote other webinars, virtual events, things that we're doing. Or, hey, we're launching a video awards program in a couple of months. We'll be promoting that in our newsletter to our sales feed followers to try to find people out there who may be using video, maybe we don't know them yet, to get them to submit to that awards program. So it, be, it creates this opportunity now to share more of these kind of bottom of funnel conversion points. And that newsletter is so, so important, though, because it's our reliable weekly outbound messaging to this audience where we can expose them to those other opportunities. What's your bottom of the funnel? Is it a request demo? Full bottom of funnel. Um, thankfully, because we're a product-led growth company, it's start for free now. And this is really, really important, right? And, and you can be successful as a media and content brand without having a free product and saying request a demo. But I got to tell you, part of this really leaning into the media brand strategy was predicated on we are also, we've transformed from where we were many years ago into a product-led growth company. And we said, when we have an offer for the community that says, just start for free now, right? It makes things like media brands and even your content strategy so much more effective because that call to action, right? Like it's night and day, the number of people who click on, like try it now for free versus request a demo. So it really does like those things really marry up together. And I am so bullish, you know, no matter what market you're in on that combination of a product-led freemium strategy, coupled with a really smart content and media strategy. And when you can bring those two together, they stitch so well, and it allows you to extract way more value from that community that you're building. B2B brands are on a hamster wheel trying to create more and more awareness. They're putting so much work into creating awareness and not nearly enough work into making sure that the content they're putting out is actually good. You can pay to build awareness. Brands do that all the time. But does the content resonate? The question should be, how do we create content that builds affinity? And that's where Sweetfish comes in. We're here to help you build your market's favorite show, not just another show. Learn more at sweetfishmedia.com. 
that's a huge insight for us as you know, producing media brands for companies that I hadn't even really considered before, but honing in on product-led growth. We were thinking vertical SaaS, but if it's like product-led growth, vertical SaaS companies would be, a, I mean, obviously hyper-specific, wouldn't be the only people we serve, but like in terms of us really going after and thinking of ideal fit, that's a huge aha for me right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is important, like whether you're thinking about it from a media brand perspective or, you know, other lens and in, in, in content and so on, but really being thoughtful about like, what are the calls to action that we can build as a business that are this like real win-win scenario, right? Like they're super valuable for the community that we're building, like to the point where they'd be silly not to, you know, go into it. But to the point where, of course, it's also something that at the end of the day, we're not a charity that does also create value back to the business. And I think a lot of you know, marketing teams don't and businesses don't pause and reflect on that, right? And think about like of, of all the things we could be doing, because sometimes often we think, well, what do we have that we can use? And now let's use that as opposed to like, if we had a clean slate and we said, what would be the most, you know, the perfect call to action for this community that would create a really high level of engagement? And um, what would that be? And like, that's where some of our best things have come from. Like, like I said, Vidyard two years ago would have never created a cold calling guide. Like cold calling is the antithesis of video messaging. It's like, that was like the enemy for most people at Vidyard. And then when we said, well, wait a minute, our community just loves cold calling tips. Like they just love it. And we have smart people that can invest in that and give them that. So if that's the CTA that will really work for them, let's think about a smart way to tie it into how it is that we add value and go from there, right? It's a real flip. And I think, again, when you tie these things together, it becomes a really powerful strategy. So talk to me about how you're measuring this every week. Do you have a scorecard your team looks at on a weekly you know, rhythm where you're like, these are the numbers we're looking at. We have all these things going on. Are you measuring pieces of content and this many signups and this much and this much? Like what's on your scorecard? So we do have, yeah, we very much have a scorecard and we have you know quarterly targets effectively like most people would. And that breaks down into the following. There's audience reach and growth. So we have certain growth metrics that we're targeting quarter over quarter. We have engagement metrics, and those manifest differently across the different social channels. But our engagement metrics are based on YouTube hours watched, TikTok engagements, which are comments, likes, and shares, similarly on LinkedIn and similarly on Instagram, as well as our newsletter, right? Engagement in the newsletter is both our opens and click-throughs. So we're looking at all of those consistently. And every quarter, we have targets for both audience growth and engagement. And then we have the big one, which are the conversion targets. And that's where we're looking at, you know, how many people are we converting on some of these different CTAs that we've talked about? How many of them are clicking on a vidyard.com slash ABC link to go to engage in a resource on our core website? which again, we know is going to have a fairly predictable conversion rate downstream. And so those are the three big things we look at today, reach, engagement, and conversion. And the conversion one is probably the one that we look at most frequently. Because reach and engagement, you know, there's lots of ups and downs. That's, that's a roller coaster in the world of social content, as we know. And so we play a bit more of the long game in that. But conversions on a weekly basis, we are taking a look and thinking, okay, what did we do this week and what do we need to do next week to expose people to some of these different opportunities? And if a week goes by where we didn't get 50, 100, 200 conversions, then we're, we're conscious of that. And we say, you know what, we got to make it up next week. We got to do it in a way that isn't disingenuous to our audience, 
right? We don't want to start like doing gross ads to them and making them feel like we're just trying to convert them. But there are always very natural ways to bring those things to the audience because they are value-based. And we look at that on a weekly basis. Do you guys use your sales feed audience at, for retargeting Vidyard advertising? Ooh, great question, James. Great question. And uh, we, we, shh, but we do. We do. Okay, so for <laughs> so you don't you don't tarnish of course the, you, do. you, should. you don't tarnish the reputation of sales feed, but you're getting the Vidyard brand in front of people that what's really cool is all of those conversion points, right? So when somebody goes from sales feed to get that cold calling guide on vidyard.com, you're right. There's two different transactions, if you will, happening there. One is they're now on our website, they're exposed to our brand, and the guide itself is going to um, uh, build awareness of what we do. The second thing is by nature of coming to our website, we have now been smart marketers. We've dropped a pixel and we can now retarget them with Vidyard ads later on. And I'm very proud to, to tell you, James, that our conversion rate on ads that target sales feed audience members is ridiculously higher than any of our other channels. Makes sense. Right. It totally makes sense. Them up. You, and it was a hypothesis. Yeah. And you're like, please, please work out. Please be true. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> it's going to work out. <laughs> and so the acquisition cost, you know, now, now again, you have to do a blended acquisition cost to say, well, how much are you spending on sales feed in the first place? So that's where the big long-term ROI comes. But these leading indicators are so positive to see like how many people are converting to those assets, the conversion on those Vidyard retargeting ads. I'm glad you brought it up because that's a really important point of how that sort of the rest of the team, if you will, sort of taps into this audience and creates additional conversions through things like ads. It's great. It's almost like the all the Vidyard content marketing becomes a uh, a machine, a conversion machine. And all you got to keep, keep doing is, I mean, you, you still tune up the machine and add new guides and stuff. But once you have that built, it's really just about keeping a flow of fresh audience kind of being exposed to it, right? It becomes gaining and holding attention at the sales feed level. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's funny, like, again, this is, you know, we, we talk about all these nuanced ideas, but at the end of the day, this is really no different from how we've thought about marketing in the past, right? We're creating this, you know, it's an inbound funnel that we have here that we are trying to, you know, now make these people aware of what we do. We're creating interest, we're creating intent, we're creating demand by exposing them to different ideas. We're just going about it in a way where we're building what I kind of think of as this exclusive inbound funnel, that kind of keeps growing and growing and effectively gives us a competitive advantage. It compounds. Yes, it's a heavy, there's a lot of inertia at the beginning. Now, when you come across exploring personally, trying to build different media brands for myself, and it's painful in the beginning because it's like, I mean, you're putting out all this content and it's crickets and you, you know, seven followers and then a hundred followers and 120 followers. And it's like, God, this, I look so pathetic. And I look so, it's such a shot to your ego when you're in the early stages of building these media brands, but the audience compounds over and over. And, and so that attention compounds. And when you're at the level that you guys are at now, I would imagine the velocity, because when you look at a LinkedIn company page, for example, that has a hundred thousand followers or 75,000 followers, there's an automatic sense of credibility because you've like, you've put in the reps, you've, you've stayed at it. So the conversion to being a follower of a particular media brand goes up over time because of the social proof of 
that number keeps getting higher and higher and higher. And, you, and, I, and I know Dan talks a lot, a lot about audience churn and you're going to churn some audience, but for the most part, it's like real estate. It just continues to get more and more valuable over time. And it's fascinating to me that Gary Vee has been talking about this for 10 years and still so few companies are focused on building that asset. Well, what's really interesting is you talk about the compounding nature of it. Um, what I've learned over the, the last uh, 12 to 16 months is that the compounding nature of the, the, the growth and the benefits is a byproduct of the, the, both the, the quality and the quantity and consistency in what we're doing and putting out there, right? The compounding effect doesn't happen if you are a quote unquote media brand that's publishing a blog and a PDF, you know, once a week, once a week or once a month, right? It's very hard to continue that accelerated growth when you don't have that level of consistency and also when you don't have that level of audience centricity. And so that's what we've really seen. You know, again, now we're at the point where, you know, not long, about a couple months ago, we hit our 100,000 follower milestone. We talked about that earlier. What's amazing is that, you know, we, we maintain these percentage growths quarter over quarter. And so now, right, as we all know, 30% growth on 100,000 followers is way more fun than 30% growth on 10,000 followers, right? And we're like, that's like 30,000 new followers this quarter. That's really, really exciting. But that doesn't come without that discipline around this media mentality of consistency, of audience centricity, of like multi-channel engagement. Those are all the things that I found. So are your results or your conversion results at this point compelling enough so that you can start to use some of your paid media dollars directly into growing the sales feed audience as opposed to just retargeting with Vidyard ads to the sales feed audience? Yeah, I, this, is a, uh, this is an important question for us right now. And of course, everybody's asking, hey, you know, how do we go from 100,000 to a million? you know, and, and from a million to 10 million. And the easy answer is, well, I'll give me a whole bunch of money and we can promote the heck out of it and advertise it. And, um, you know, we could, we could go and, and spend and, and, you know, to acquire more and more followers, more newsletter subscribers, which is effectively what it would be. What I can say is that today we are not doing that. We aren't spending to grow yet. We're still focused on organic growth. And, you know, where, where my head is at is we want to have at least a couple of quarters of consistent success with our more bottom of funnel conversions to help you know the whole business including myself feel good and confident that if we do put more money into it we're confident we know how money's going to come back out down the other side and so while it feels great that we had 100,000 followers i still can't go back to our board yet and say this generated this much revenue for the business and we're a profitable media team right i can't say that quite yet but as our conversions ramp, which they have the last uh, two quarters pretty consistently, we're starting to get to a point where we can draw that those connected lines and say, this is what we're actually seeing come out of the conversions. We're now ready to make that leap of faith and say, the more we put in the top, the more it comes out the bottom. And that's when we'll start to scale monetary investment. Would you be comfortable sharing what your conversions have looked like the last couple quarters? Sure, sure, yeah. So I'll go back. We, we actually... Uh, on the date of recording this, we're on our last day of our fiscal Q3. I won't share any revenue numbers. But uh, uh, what I can say is that this quarter was the first one we really went into it with, um, you know, part of the team's focus on really driving the conversions to, you know, vidyard.com and our vidyard assets. And that was because in the prior quarter, 
which was only kind of our third quarter of doing sales feed, we found those things like our advertising was a lot more efficient to this audience and, and so on. So we kind of went the first two or three quarters were about like gut faith, build the audience. The next quarter, which was our Q2, was about, okay, test some of these conversions, see what works, what doesn't. Look at what our acquisition costs look like for things like retargeting and also, you know, driving um, this down funnel. So that we started to get pretty comfortable with. And then in that quarter, with some sort of, you know, initial attempts at driving conversions, we had somewhere around eight or 900, like we use UTM tags to track how many people from sales feed sources click through and went to vidyard.com for one of those offers, right? So that was kind of our main measure. Uh, the cold calling guide, what are the, you know, some of these other things. And so in that previous quarter, it was around eight or 900, you know, a few hundred per month. In this current quarter, Q3, that we're just wrapping, we are, we're just shy of 3,000 conversions. So that went up to 1,000 per month. And so those are 1,000, you know, individual clicks on people going from sales feed to vidyard.com for our sequence guide, our cold calling guide, our video selling guides, our fast forward virtual event, which is a Vidyard hosted virtual event. The sales feed audience, we drove uh, just over 500 people from sales feed to register for the Vidyard virtual event. Right. So again, that now those become those new leads for Vidyard. And by the way, that virtual event had lots of it sort of mirrored our marketing strategy. It had a bunch of sessions on general sales topics and three sessions specific to using video. So those people, again, would have gotten exposed to it. So those are the kinds of things that we're seeing. Now we had a huge growth in the last two quarters in those conversion numbers. We'll see if we can continue that. So that's where I want to see one or two more quarters of continued consistent growth in those conversions. Let's get it from 3,000 up to 10,000 a quarter. And now we start to feel like we have enough there to, to say we're confident that money going in becomes money coming out. Yeah, I love that. All right, Dan, anything else you want to dive into here before we wind this one down? Is it possible to get a understanding of what you're paying per lead? If you take the whole cost of the, the sales feed and divide it by the amount of leads that you're getting in, in a comparable way that your your performance marketing would be doing, is it more or is it less? And I might imagine those leads are worth more because they're probably going to convert to more money later. It's an interesting one. Yeah, we've debated and and and, uh, and to be perfectly honest, we haven't run the numbers in that way. And and partly because again, I fear that data will be used incorrectly because it's you know the attribution is obviously not clean. So that's something that we are going to work on, though, is what does that model look like that sort of helps us understand and incorporates things like, well, if there's a lower cost of acquisition on our ad campaigns to those people who are being retargeted, right, that should blend back into the ROI model of the media brand, in addition to direct lead acquisition and all these other things. So it's a pretty complex thing to think about, and the data is, um, is difficult. But, but it is going to be something in this next year ahead. We're absolutely going to be thinking about that so we can model it a little bit more clearly and, again, have those confidence indicators. Funny because it's not all apples to apples, right? And even you have limited returns on something like a, a LinkedIn, a Facebook, because there's only so many people on them or paying attention to them at the right place at the right time. And those mediums only go so far. And it's, you know, it's like you said, it's a, it's something you got to be, you got to think about carefully because when I report back to the business and say, hey, we drove 3,000 people from sales feed over to vidyard.com, they say, that's great. We had over a million visitors to our website. Like 3,000, gee, thanks, Tyler. Like, <laughs> woohoo, I'm not getting very excited. You're like, that's like not even a blip on the radar. But then when you overlay and you think about, well, 
again, we, by definition, we know these are people in our ICP. We know they're not just going to vidyard.com. They're going to high value assets. There's all these things you layer into it. And you got you to think carefully about, again, what are you trying to accomplish? And this all just goes back to like being really disciplined in what are you trying to get out of this media brand? Awesome. Well, Tyler, this, yeah, this was one we've been looking forward to, especially Mr. Nerd over here. Dan has been really excited about this conversation. Thanks for diving into it. Where we were planning on this being kind of a five episode series, but a really, I don't want to say unfortunate, but we're actually going to be doing a bonus episode with you next week on something that just happened kind of in the life of your media brand, an announcement that was just made that we are going to be unpacking because there's a lot of ramifications. There's a lot of, okay, would you, would you have done things differently? And so I'm going to tease that out, not tell the listener what exactly we're going to be talking about next week, but stay tuned next week for this bonus episode in the media brand series with Tyler. Remember, there are a lot of ways to win. Commodity content is the enemy. We want you to focus on affinity over awareness. Tyler and his team at SalesFeed and Vidyard are doing a phenomenal job of living that out, of really building affinity with the sales community. So uh, this series has been incredible. I'm excited for this bonus episode next week, man. Um, and we will talk to you soon.